Greetings and welcome to Sarah Petroni Decision 2021. Thank you so much for tuning into this edition of the show. I am Mark Petroni. I'm a uh, host of the Mark Petroni Show on Saga 960, which goes from 9 a.m. Eastern to 11 a.m. Eastern. And I am joined by my colleague at Saga 960, Richard Serrett, whose show is in the afternoon. The lucky guy's got drive time. Yeah, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Easter time. <laughs> Richard, welcome once again, my friend. Hey, Mark. Always good to talk to you. You know what? We got a great way to avoid getting the vax. If you don't want it, the government will give you a pass. You know what? All you have to do is to commit a serious enough crime that lands you in prison. Have you heard this? Ah, uh, well, no, I haven't. Thank you. Uh, that's that's <laughs> inspiring. That's an inspiring message. Something uh, to think about. I, I just run you run the story before I get your take on it. Federal prisoners do not have to get vaccinated. This is a story in Blacklock's Reporter, by the way, that according to the Correctional Service. Uh, however, prison guards, as well as uh, as federal employees, rather, would be required to show proof of vaccination under a cabinet proposal. But if you're an inmate, you get a pass. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, yeah, this is charming, right? So uh, I, I was on Twitter earlier, and I, there was a, a, a post from this poor woman out in Alberta, and she um, she's in a... Um, a bathroom stall as she's tweeting this crying she's pregnant and she just said i just found out i'm going to be fired on october the first oh. unless i get vaccinated and i'm pregnant and i do not need this stress in my life right now uh so you know she gets vaccinated and uh paul bernardo uh you know does not get jabbed that's justice canadian style yeah it's absolutely outrageous and we know from the records, the science, Richard, that women in their first trimester face uh, losing their, their baby in cases where they do take the vaccine. There is a connection that they have noticed over the last few months. And I would think that uh, she should definitely get a pass. I think it's absolutely outrageous that anybody would be forced to take the jab, let alone somebody who's, uh, who's pregnant. Well, it's like the uh, liberals, they wake up in the morning and they say, well, what is the right thing to do? What is the ethical thing to do? And then we'll go out and do the exact opposite. That's exactly right. And speaking of somebody who doesn't know how to do the right thing, Jerry Butts predicting a liberal minority. So Gerald Butts has come on out and he has said basically that it's over, Richard. The, the campaign is done. Uh, he's predicting another liberal minority government. Uh, he says, uh, you know, this is uh, Justin Trudeau's former principal secretary uh, who told the reporter that, uh, you know, it's all said and done. So presumably, if he's right, we will have spent over $600 million on this campaign, <coughs> excuse me, and ended up uh, where we started. Well, he who counts the votes calls the tune. So <laughs> yeah. obviously he knows yeah. something we don't know. Yeah, just ask Larry Elder in California, who's <laughs> part of this recall election. They're trying to get rid of Governor Newsom in California, as you well know, Richard. And uh, already people are coming out, Republicans saying, uh, I went to vote. They told me I already did. I don't remember voting. So here we are already with some monkey business. Uh, I guess the uh, powers that be want to make sure that Newsom does not get booted out in favor of a libertarian and, a, and a, an African-American to boot. This is an absolute outrage in California. But sadly, it does look like uh, Larry's going to get cheated out of his rightful place as governor of California. Right. Well, the good news is that um, the Californians will uh, get another year of Gavin Newsom so they can really hit rock bottom. 
I mean, California, you know, a golden state once and is now a complete shite show. Um, and uh, but next year. Uh, they'll have to do it all over again because Gavin Newsom's term will officially be over. So, you know, maybe another year of uh, of punishment and uh, misery uh, is what it's going to take for uh, the good people of uh, California to to basically pull a Roberto Duran and say no mas, no yeah. mas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they do. I think they need to raise hell. I mean, the people of California um, wanted. Newsom gone. I mean, that's painfully clear. There was something in the neighborhood of 2 million signatures that uh, forced this recall election to boot. And now they're going to say, oh, no, that Newsom wins it handily. Clearly, that dog does not hunt. But I want to play you a clip from uh, Justin Trudeau, who was asked why it was that the level of hate in Canada has gone up. Now, this is the guy who was going to bring it all together. He was he was going to be the guy who was going to have all Canadians uh, sitting in a circle singing Kumbaya, Canada's back, sunny ways. Well, it turns out that hate, incidents of hate have, have gone up in Canada. Well, somebody actually had the gall to ask him that question. Let's listen to what he came up with. I appreciate that you disagreed with me and the premise of the question, but at the same time, you also agree that there has been a rise in these types of incidents of hate. Um, Which is why we need oh, to what? keep doing sorry, more. Sir, sir. I just, I'll just finish my question. I'm sorry, sir, but, well... What type of accountability do you take? Because you have been prime minister during this rise. So what type of accountability do you take? What else could you have done while you were in power? We're in this election now that many of your opponents say we shouldn't be in. What kind of accountability do you take for the past six years for that rise? I will never apologize for standing up for what's right. I will never apologize for unequivocally standing up for a woman's right to choose. I will never apologize for standing up for an LGDP, uh, LGT, LBT, LGBTQ2 plus uh, kids' rights to not have to undergo conversion therapy. Okay, uh, I don't know. Did he even answer the question, Richard? I didn't hear an answer. Besides well, booting, uh... well, because the earpiece uh, went out and he, he couldn't hear Gerald Butts re reply. <laughs> Have you seen all these vid videos, even in the uh, the interview with the um, the terrific reporter with BC Global? Yeah, uh, totally tore a strip off him. He was re he was trying to adjust his earpiece desperately. Uh, and then he got mad because, you know, she didn't ask him the questions that he had rehearsed answers for. <laughs> That's right. Or exactly. or that Gerald Butts was ready to uh, defeat to him. Yeah. Just what a complete train wreck this clown show is. I mean. It's an embarrassment. Um, it, and, and again, if you want the answer as to why we have uh, an uptick in, in violence and intolerance in this country, look in the mirror. Look in the mirror, uh, blackface, you know, gropey, uh, trust fund brat. You're fomenting this every day on the campaign trail, referring to an well, a soon-to-be identifiable group, that would be the unvaccinated, as those people and how, you know, we're losing patience and you're a danger to my kids and those people over there. This is, this is uh, I mean, the, the buck stops with him. He is the most divisive, venal, um, a sinister person to ever occupy 24 Sussex Drive. Except, well, I guess he doesn't occupy 24 Sussex Drive, but... Uh, Anyway, uh, well, yeah, it's just it's 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 maddening to hear this guy open his mouth and just parrot uh, these inane talking points.
that are fed to him by, you know, people uh, in the back room that, that just, uh, you know, they relate to nothing. He is the most unrelatable person on the planet. Yeah, I, I would certainly agree with that. But I think when he first got in there, uh, people thought he was, you know, kind of a lightweight, frankly, probably an okay guy, uh, not a whole lot on the ball, but he looked good. And so they thought he was, well, harmless enough, but we've seen that he's not harmless at all. And I think one of the things that we've really noticed during this campaign is just the ugly face of this guy's nasty, like the level of the depth of nastiness and anger and rage around this guy's radicalism. I want to read you a tweet that I posted, and you can tell me if I'm offside here, because anytime you hearken back to what happened in Germany in the 1930s, you know, people are always going to say uh, it's, a, it's a bad thing to do. But check this out. Disturbing parallels between Hitler's 1933 election demonization of Jews, the scapegoating of people he considered inferior, and some of the dangerous polarizing and dehumanizing rhetoric by Trudeau as it applies to the unvaxxed. I don't think it was out of line, but you tell me if, if I'm on uh, target here. Uh, no, unfortunately, it's it's a bullseye, Mark. In fact, I, I do a little a segment on my show every day called the German Word of the Day. And, and I started it off because the, the Germans have this affinity for compound words. They're very long and they're musical and they're wonderful and they're fun. But today's German Word of the Day that I thought was appropriate uh, was Undermensch. Right. Undermensch, underhuman. And this was a, a, a Nazi word used to describe non-Aryans or the uh, the masses, uh, people that were less than human. And of course, we know, you know, which, which identifiable groups they were targeting. Uh, and this word came to mind because if you if you listen to Trudeau again talking about those people, if you if you look at the the front page of the Toronto Star, uh, when they absolutely discredited themselves, and I think. Um, excluded themselves from further uh, participation in, um, you know, in journalism in this country. If you listen to what that idiot um, education minister out in New Brunswick said the other day, Dominic Cardi, uh, talking about how, um, uh, you know, it's just a matter of time before the, uh, the vaccinated have had, had enough and, are, and start to act less tolerant towards the unvaccinated. These, these people are inciting hate towards what I call an assumed to be identifiable group as of September 22nd. If we don't have our papers, we are then identifiable. We are to be the undermensch. Scary stuff indeed. I mean, terms that were thrown around during uh, the rise of Hitler when he tried to demonize certain people, to scapegoat certain people. I have never seen any candidate for prime minister in this country go around and go after a segment of society in the way that he has, basically suggesting that they're, as you are su suggesting, almost subhuman and not deserving of any rights. That's exactly what happens when people go after and target a certain segment of society that they don't like. They start by dehumanizing that, that group, by making them less than uh, human. And this guy is doing it. And I don't know what is going through his head. Is he so desperate to hang around hang on to power that uh, he thinks that this is going to be a successful strategy for him. It just boggles the mind. Well, how many examples do you need from history to illustrate the point that this stuff, that the road he's going down never ends well. It always ends 
in tragedy. And, uh, you know, I guess they, they hide that kind of stuff in books. Um, you mentioned the Toronto Star earlier. Well, I have to throw this in. Anytime that you hear a tough question asked of this prime minister, you almost have to say, thank you. You know, thank you. What another miracle that somebody in the media actually asked this prime minister uh, a, a tough question. Because now, of course, we have the folks at the rebel media with Ezra Levant releasing the actual names of 1,500 recipients of what can only be described as a pre-election payoff, courtesy of the Liberal government. Just before the election started, this guy handed out $61 million in, uh, what, bonus money, uh, pre-election sweeteners to his buddies in the media, just to make sure that he was going to buy the, you know, the friendliest coverage that you can get, that money can buy just prior and going into an election. It's an absolute uh, scandal. Blacklock's reporter covered the original story, and to their credit, uh, the rebel got the actual names. Funnily enough, you don't see the media covering this story at all. Well, because from- it, it turns out that, I guess, aside from uh, Ezra and yourself and me and, you know, maybe uh, True North and Blacklock's reporter, uh, you know, everyone else got paid off but but us. Yeah, where's our money? You know, <laughs> I could use it. By the way, I know you spoke with the folks at the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms about a story recently. Talk a little bit about that uh, situation. Right. Well, this was uh, uh, the Epoch Times broke this story, and uh, it's about the uh, liberal playbook, um, which I forget what their campaign book is called, Everybody This Way Forward or or some nonsense like that. Um, But uh, a little... um, you know, it's full of carrots, of course, and, and giveaways, and, and uh, but there's a few sticks in there, and one of them <clears throat> is uh, a provision where they want to uh, basically take away the charitable status of any organization which the party, or the Politburo, perhaps more accurately described, uh, decide is uh, anti-abortion. So, I mean, this is not the role of a government uh, to decide, you know, uh, the whether a charity is legitimate based on their politics or their ideology. So, you know, uh, if I were the prime minister and I'm, you know, somewhere right of Attila the Hun, I'm pretty conservative. Uh, you know, I don't like necessarily, I don't like Greenpeace. Uh, but does that mean that I suddenly should be able to revoke their charitable status? No, that's not how it works. What, what you do is you make sure that they're, they're um, you know, they're uh, not embezzling people, that they're handling their finances properly and that they're doing good. Somehow, their uh, you know their stated intention is to, to to do good. That's the the role of the government when it comes to charities, but to weaponize the Canadian Revenue Agency, the way that the Obama administration weaponized the IRS to go after certain Christian and conservative groups in the Tea Party is just again not the way we do things. It's not the way we roll in Western liberal democracies. But that's it's in his playbook. That's what he wants to do. He wants to decertify anti-abortion or not just not anti-abortion charities. It could be any charity that even if it's if it's just simply part of their philosophical belief system, like a synagogue or a church uh, or a, a mosque, if they, it's like that summer, that summer program, uh, the right. summer jobs program. Exactly. And, and uh, they got caught with that one. And they, and uh, thankfully the courts were on the right side of history on that one. And they, they said he couldn't do it, but um, this one will probably be headed to the courts as well. But even to think that and to print that it's again, no self-awareness, the stuff that just 
falls out of their mouth or they put in their policy uh, papers. Uh, it's just not fit for, uh, uh, you know, for, for public consumption in a, uh, in a mature representative democracy, which apparently we no longer have. Yeah, they weaponize everything, don't they? They weaponize the media. They've weaponized big tech. They've tried to regulate uh, social media, so they've you know gone after social media posts. Um, they've uh, weaponized and corrupted the justice system. We saw evidence of that with SNC Lavalin and the obstruction matter with Jody Wilson-Raybould. Uh, you could just run down the line. And by the way, speaking of Jody Wilson-Raybould, Richard, she actually came out and said, I wish I had never met you. That's what she told Trudeau, Trudeau on her way out of cabinet, I guess, or caucuses when she uh, she booted uh, he booted her out. Uh, that's part of her new book. Um, she's obviously quite bitter about the way she was treated, but uh, it just it's it's just one of those things that seems to be water off ducks back as far as Trudeau is concerned. And I'm not sure why why he's not paying a bigger price in terms of his treatment of women whom uh, clearly he has abused during his time as prime minister. Well, you went down that laundry list of, uh, of steps that the liberal government has done uh, in terms of, you know, um, censorship and, and corruption and so forth. My son, who's uh, in grade 10, is taking a civics course, and they're actually talking about the different types of government, and one of them is tyranny, and they had a checklist and uh, so he was going down the checklist and he came home for uh, after school and he said, geez, dad, I think we qualify. I think, <laughs> I, yeah, I think Canada qualifies now. Uh, you, you tick enough of those boxes were, were uh, officially a tyranny, just maybe one half kangaroo jump behind uh, Australia. Well, as long as we're doing this show and uh, able to do so in reasonable health, then I guess we haven't quite reached that point, but and one more step, and who knows how much longer we'll be able to speak as frankly about issues like this as we currently are. Richard, it's been a blast as always. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Catch Richard Serrett's show Mondays through Fridays from 4 p.m. Eastern to 6 p.m. Eastern, and my show, The Mark Petroni Show, on Saga 960 as well from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern. Thank you so much for tuning in to Serrett Petroni Decision 2021. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye for now.